Hey, everyone. Welcome to This Podcast Needs a Title. That over there is Peter Malone Elliott. And that is Erica Davis. And this is real talk about writing, publishing, and everything in between. It's a podcast for writers, about writers, by writers. We're going to help simplify the writing life by bringing on writers, agents, editors, and what the hey, maybe even you. And we're going to welcome questions via Twitter at the podcast title, but we'll get to that later, mainly because, well, I don't really understand Twitter, but Erica does, so that's good. Fair enough. Each episode of This Podcast Needs a Title is going to have some structured chaos and possibly some crying because, for me, writing can be an emotional thing. Uh, The reasons I write may be driven by emotions, and that takes it out of you sometimes. Sure. You know, whenever I open up Microsoft Word, just a single tear just comes out of my my right eye. I don't believe you. You don't have to. I can do it. It's accurate. So on that note, you're probably wondering who the heck we are and, well, why Pipeline let us do a podcast. So we're going to tell you. Erica? I love ooh. talking about myself. Me too. I hope that's true. Well, I guess we're going to find out. True story. Here we go. Peter, who are you and what do you do? Well, thank you for that question. No, I'm the director (laughs) of operations at Book Pipeline. Uh, I help run the two contests that we have, the adaptation contest and the unpublished contest. I circulate our winners and runners-up to agents and editors and otherwise just run the day-to-day of the division. Um, So I do that by day and then by night – I'm a produced screenwriter and playwright who's working on their first novel. Nice. And most importantly, Mm -hmm. I'm a grandpa. I'm a 72-year-old man Mm -hmm. in a 27-year-old's body. That's accurate. doesn't understand social media and loves bourbon. Yep. Bourbon. Bourbon. I'm going to say that's a drink. And what do you do? Until recently, I was a developmental editor, a freelance, and- As of about four and a half days ago, I am now a management executive with Pipeline. Specifically, the applause. Thank you. Thank you. Pipeline Media Group, I think is our full, full title. Um, and let's see, before that, I coached adult learners through the writing process in uh, higher education. That was about a decade of my life, which I learned a lot. Yeah. And it turned out those skills in higher education were directly applicable to my friends who are also writing fiction. I can freely admit this. I am a much better developmental editor than I am a writer. And that's Mm. something I'm working on. I want to be at least as good of a writer as I am an editor for other people. And that's that's a goal. And uh, more recently, I I apprenticed with a literary agency to see if that was my call to publishing. uh, Because I was getting really curious about like the business and the legal side of how a book comes to acquisitions. And sure, yeah. um, I know I'm the type of person that would need a literary agent if and when the time comes because I could not, I don't even negotiate at garage sales. I'm like, just tell me what you want for that, you know, Sweet Valley Twins book. I'll I'll take it. I'm the worst haggler. Next, uh, Inquiring Minds want to know what we write, Peter. Uh, The question, the end all questions. It's okay. 
uh, across all mediums, there there are pretty much two boxes genre-wise that I like to play in. Uh, typically, I do period dramas and I do character-driven thrillers. Uh, every now and again, I'll sprinkle a little extra seasoning on top of that. Like, I'll, I'll throw in a little bit of a horror on top of a thriller or a little bit of a dark comedy on top of a period drama. Wow. Um, the, the, the biggest example of this is probably how I came to Pipeline to begin with before I got hired as, you know a worker bee, uh, I won their screenwriting contest with a uh, script about the kidnapping of Frank Sinatra Jr., which is a period drama, obviously it was set in 1963. Nice. But it was, I told it through a darkly comedic lens because if you know anything about that true story, the kidnappers were, to put it politely, inept and stoned <laughs> a lot of the time. So it just felt right to do it that way. Wow. Currently, I'm working on a uh, psychological suspense novel. So awesome. th- those are the boxes I like to play in. That's kind of cool. Thank you. Erica. Yeah. Um, how about you? What I write. Um, I've always loved reading middle grade horror. You know, mm. The Goosebumps books. Um, oh, anything so by great. Yeah. Anything by Mary Downingham. Um, what's the other guy's name? For our listeners, uh, she's looking at her bookshelf. I, <laughs> thank you. The Creepover series, any of that stuff. Mm. I just, I, I loved it. I was always reading advanced of advance of my own lo- grade level, but I plateaued when I hit like seventh grade. I just fell in love with that genre and it never ended. But recently, um, my attempts at MG Horror have been shifting uh, organically into the young adult realm. Like I just, the mm. characters, I want them to still be as immature as a seventh grader, much like I was at age 23. But- right my main character is more naturally feeling like a 23 year old, but she's still, you know, a toddling idiot. What is toddling a word? I don't know. Sure. She's still a fumbling naive idiot. And my story is her, you know, coming of rage story, if you will. Nice. Yeah. So anything with ghost crap, but always, always, always balanced with humor, which is a huge piece of how I get through life. Yeah. Just defense mechanisms and coping mechanisms of humor stuff. Yeah. So, and um, for, for horror, do you, do you, do you like to do gore or no? Oh, heavens no. I am goreless Ooh. horror. Yeah. Horror. Horror. And that comes from my experience with horror movies, which I do mm. really enjoy, except the body horror, the, the blood, the gore. It's either way it's too tough. real. Yeah. It's, it's just either way too real or way too fake. And I have yet to see any middle ground. My one exception to that is Cabin in the Woods. Mm. I've heard I've, it's great. I haven't seen it. Inquiry minds want to know why we write. Peter, what about you? Why do you write? <sighs> I've always known I've wanted to write. My my mother is a New York Times bestselling novelist, so I've always known it's what I've wanted to do. It's been a matter of uh, figuring out exactly what medium. Um, oh. I started out in high school doing journalism. Um mm despite my publishing background, you know, I grew up reading my mom's galleys and going to New York city with her when she was meeting her editors at Harper Collins. And so I got a really good holistic education that way. Yeah. Uh, Then I pivoted a little bit to focus on film and TV and playwriting. Um, And I did that for my college years and a few years after that. Um, So, but now I'm currently working on a novel, like I said, so it's nice to be pivoting back to my, my publishing roots. Um, in terms of like why I like to write, I'm going to say something really cheesy, just so heavy, ready. heavy on the, the Gouda. Oh, I love Gouda. Go ahead. It's really good. Yeah. 
I come across as sometimes a cranky, pessimistic guy, but at my heart, I believe that that humankind, I, I believe in the perfectibility of humankind. And I think the best way that people can do that is through storytelling and through holding up a mirror to the dark crevices of our souls and exploring the the grays of the human condition and that's how we get better and grow as a species and that's i think the most important thing we can do and i think storytelling is the best way to do that wow why do you write uh my fifth grade teacher was an asshat the short story is i was always a mediocre student uh my two big sisters are very very good students always were and that's hard to live up to. So I didn't even bother trying. I was just bored. I was lazy. And that was until we got this first creative writing assignment in fifth grade. She grades them and hands them back to us one at a time. She puts mine face down on the desk and asks me, who wrote this? And I'm like laughing. I'm like, I did. And she's like, no, <laughs> who wrote this? Any potential for a love of writing uh, was extinguished before I could even start until halfway through graduate school, I think. And just when the pressure was off, when there was no teachers breathing down my neck telling me what to write, how to write, that's when I'm like, all right, let me, just my journal entries got a little more creative. Yeah. And I, my theory was that my future grandchildren or great-grandnieces, I want to give them something interesting to read. <laughs> so uh, I just sort of would flub in there. And then that got to be a little bigger, a little bigger. And then just I started trying my hand at novels, which will never right, see the right. light of day. And I'm very <laughs> proud of that. The conclusion there is everything I write is done exclusively to prove that teacher wrong. Speaking of the next question is, do we have, do either of us have any publications or close calls to publication? What about you? Well, right now I'm a publishing novice, but I'm hoping to change that with my first book. But uh, I am a produced screenwriter and playwright. And through my day job at Book Pipeline, I'm constantly in communication with agents and publishers. So I feel like I can I can bring a little something, something through that perspective. Nice. Yeah. Erica, okay. what about you? Any publications or close calls? My current work in progress is probably my seventh formal manuscript, like where I actually saw it through to the end chapters and have gone through several revisions with it. The first six were absolutely just learning curve, teaching myself to write a book, um, reading my favorite stuff and just trying to mimic the patterns of speech, the patterns of chapter breaks, that kind of thing. But I've only ever gotten to the query stage with a nonfiction book proposal about how to quit graduate school with a plum, <laughs> like how to, how to quit graduate school like a champ. And uh, I'm in based on real life experience. Uh, best decision I ever made. Not specifically my master's degree. That one came through just fine, but the doctoral program. It was not a horrible experience. It just wasn't the right one for me. Mm. And to date, my biggest publishing flex has got to be writing about grief and fandom for Nerdist. Whew. Yeah. Hot darn. I even know what Nerdist is. And that's, wow, Grandpa. that's saying something. Thank that's, you. That's a lot of information. Wow. I like hearing yeah. about this, though. Yeah. It's fun talking about it. It is. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, you know, especially in the times that we're in, although it looks like we're on the tail end of the pandemic, thankfully, but yeah, you knock know, on wood. It's, it's nice to feel like we're not in a vacuum. You know, it's, it's nice to have someone else to talk to with similar interests and career goals and et cetera. Honestly, that's 50% of why I'm doing this. This is, this is, I'm lonely. It's boring. There's only yeah. so much I can say to my three dogs before 
they just keep ignoring me as usual. My my dog doesn't like me, except for you know, I'm I'm a vending machine. Let's be honest. Vending machines need love too, Peter. He says with a single tear coming down his red eye. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there's boxes behind you that maybe there's tissue in one of them. On that cheery note, Erica, what can we expect in each episode? Ah, great question. Who knows is the short answer. And that's pretty (laughs) That's pretty intentional on our part, guys. Peter and I did spend a lot of time planning out ideas and themes for each episode. And basically what's going to happen is we're going to center our topic for that day on that guest and whatever they want to talk about. We're also excited to open up to questions from you guys. You know, we we, we would take mm-hmm. questions from you ahead uh, of the episode recording on Twitter. You could ask whoever our guest is questions and we might be able to answer some of them directly. And, you know, we, we want to include you as part of this. I mean, that's that's the whole point of this yes. is, is joining the writing community together, right? Yep. So in closing, I think we should also probably talk about our title. I really do want to address this. Yeah, Thank you. I, I really do because much to my personal surprise, we have had zero questions about our title. I think one person on yesterday's hashtag pipeline authors chat did say, is that do you guys really need a title? Here's an idea. And they had a nice idea. We like this one. We we didn't really feel good about any of them, but we came up with a few ones that were like, okay, this is all right. So we presented them to our pod father and pod mother, mm. Matt Mizitich and Jeannie Bowerman. Here, shout here. out. And like the heavens opened up. Matt, I'm imagining this was over text, but I'm imagining he was standing on a hill and he wrote in all caps, this podcast needs a title. In fairness, we're still not sure if he was yelling at us or offering it as a title, but that been ga- both. it might have been, been both. both. That was the first and only title option that yeah. gave me that spark of joy that felt right. it, it clicked the, the, into the place. Eureka moment. Yeah. It was yeah, yeah. the Eureka moment. Absolutely. Yeah. And it's, you know, and we realized it's the more we thought about it, it's kind of perfect because, you know, the, the, the essence of this show is two writers talking about writing and struggling to get something seemingly as simple as a title, you know, out there. And it's kind of ended up great. Right? There are no rules, but we're going to try each episode to figure out what works for different people. And shed light on a different aspect of the industry with the guest that is excelling in that area. Or trying their hardest to excel. Or trying their hardest to. If we're interviewing each other at some point. True. But there's the rub. None of this is simple. And with that, we conclude episode zero. Yes. Oh. We did it. You did, but you muted out as you were screaming. Your microphone cut you. Oh. That's crazy. It didn't like what I was doing. It didn't. It just muted you. It knows. Mikey didn't like it. I get that reference. In episode... <laughs> Jesus. You keep cutting me off when you... In episode one, we have a really special guest who is not only a Pitch Wars mentee two times over, uh, but she may or may not have just received an offer of representation from a literary agent. And we'll be hearing more Whoa. about that from her. Her name is Hedel Avani, a.k.a. at Hedel Writes on Twitter. And if you guys have any questions, rants, or raves about writing, or you want to learn more about us or Pipeline, please visit PipelineArtist.com and follow us on the Tweety Bird at the podcast title. Tweety Bird. Yeah. Tweety Bird. Is that too much? Yeah. La, 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 la.